So today, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to do a part two to a message that I started a month ago. You guys ready for this? It's, it, so it's called the year of the level up. Do you guys remember this? <laughs> Let's go. Look at your neighbor say level up. And I loved when I preached this the first time because everybody sent me videos of Sierra. Do you guys know that song by Sierra? Level up, level up, level up, level up. I don't know. I just heard it the first time. The first, you guys posted it, and I, I listened to it. And I was like, yeah, it's okay. So like, they, were, they, were like, they were like borderline praise dance, borderline twerking. But, you know, I was like, I was cool with it. I was like, it's all for Jesus, right? Level up, the year of the level up. So it is our anniversary. We gave you guys an annual report. Listen, if you need more than that, if that right there was not enough for you, if you're just, if that's how you think and you need more details, you can email us. We have an open books policy. If you are a member and you give here, whatever ours is yours, okay? So if you want to know more than that, just let us know. We're happy to provide that. We can give you whatever you need. And so throughout this month, we have been sharing this series called 2020 and essentially asking this question, who are you going to be one year from today? And that's what I want to ask you. Who has God called you to become one year from today? Who are you becoming? What action steps are you taking? How are you introducing new disciplines or routines to your life? How are you spending more time in the presence of God through prayer and fasting and intentionality in your intimate pursuit of the Holy Spirit? What are you doing this year to level up and to become more of who God has called you to become and do more of what God has called you to do? That's the question I have for you this morning, church. And uh, not just for yourself, but also for us. Everybody say us. Have you ever noticed that whenever you read through the Lord's Prayer, it's never a petition for yourself? Try this side. Have you guys ever noticed in the Lord's Prayer that you make no petitions for yourself? It's always our. Our Father. You guys notice that? It's not just about my Father. It's about our family, right? Our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, right? It's not just about me and mine. It's about us and ours, yeah? It's about the family. When God does something, he includes a family. It's so big, it cannot be contained with just one person. It has to spill over and include the family. And God has done something amazing and is doing something amazing in this family. Do you guys believe that? If you come to first service and the service after this and you see it with your own eyes, I promise you, if you don't believe it yet, you will. I mean, there's been a few services recently where we've put out every chair that we own, which P.S., we just bought more chairs, so you're welcome, right? And uh, I know, because some of you guys were standing behind those closed doors two weeks ago, and like there was no room. I was like, let's just do revival style and put you on the stage. You can sit here. You know, Indian style, will make it work. It's fine, you know? Uh, how many of you guys know revival is spelled W-O-R-K? Yes. When the Holy Ghost gets poured out upon a people, you got a whole lot of blessings. But you also have a parking problem. So who's going to park those cars? Who's going to uh, change out the toilet paper? Oh, it's getting quiet in here. 1015. Okay. Come on. Yeah, I'm just leaving that there. Because that's the nature of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. 
There, there has to be people with hands that are ready to help, not just so that they can have their encounter. We have three services. You can have an encounter and then serve at a different service. <laughs> it's absolutely possible, right? But we're filled up for the purpose of overflow. Can I get two good amens? And so as we're asking this question, where are you going to be a year from today? I want to also ask us the question, where are we going to be a year from today? As a church, as a community, as a family, where is God taking us? What is the Holy Spirit saying? How is he speaking? Because from the jump, this has always been our mission. And when we say our mission, what I mean is our why. If somebody were to ask you, why did you guys start a church? And I'm including all of you in this. If I'm hanging out with one of you guys and they say, you know, your church. And I say, I, I, our church. Yes. I do, you know how often I do that? I do it all the time. Yes. Well, your church. I, our church. Yes. Not my church. Yes. If anybody's, it's Jesus's. <laughs> but it's ours. Yes. Look at your neighbor and say, it's ours. Oh. Do you believe that? Yes. Because if you believe in ours, then that means you take personal responsibility. Because you don't take responsibility for what's not yours. Yes. Why would I take responsibility for your bank account? You know what I'm saying? But if it's ours, then we take collective responsibility because we have a collective investment. I, I'm not going to get too many amens today. I can already tell. We're, we're just going to go in 10, 15, all right? So where are we going to be in a year from now as a family, as a church? And, and this mission has always been to grow the family of God. Have you guys heard that yet? That's our mission. If you haven't heard our mission before, this is our mission. Say it with me. To grow the family of God. Now, I love that mission because it's a short sentence, but within it is so much gold. Two words typically stand out for anyone who hears that mission. The first one is typically family. They say, family? You're trying to do church as a family? We say, yep, we believe that God's intended design for the local church is one big family. Yeah, come on. Yes. Come on. Yes. I, need, I need more amens. Come on. Let's go. This is 22% better than you are saying amen right now. Right? How you guys know that God's original design vehicle for world change was family? Like, think about it. He created Adam and Eve. He said, be fruitful, multiply, take dominion, and subdue the earth. He said, in family, I want you to change the world. He's never strayed from that strategy. His, his strategy has always been not to, just to anoint a man or a woman, but to anoint a tribe. You guys believe that? So when we talk about where we're going, you're included. Everybody say, I'm included. We're not leaving you out. If you're thinking to yourself, oh, it's those guys who serve. Nope, it's you too. The Holy Spirit's singling you out. Yes. That ain't me. Nope, it's you. If you thought that, that's you. God says, it's you. You know, but with family, a lot of people don't really know what family looks like collectively as a local church because everybody grew up in a different context. Some people had a great family. Some people had a terrible family. So they bring that into the house and they say, okay, well, here are my expectations. Here's my list of demands. And I'm basically going to hold you hostage for the next six weeks. And if you don't meet them, I'm out. Right. right? That's traditional. That's normal in our city. But here's what we believe that family is. We ask God for a definition. Here's what we received. Family is where you're loved into your purpose. You're loved just as you are, right where you are. You don't have to be anything to be loved. Just be you. You're loved. You're accepted. You're, you're affirmed. You're, you're, we just bring you in for the, for the real thing. 
which is a bear hug, you know? Uh, but you're loved into your purpose. So while you're accepted as you are, there's still an expectation for you to produce fruit with the Holy Spirit, for you to be transformed by Jesus Christ, for you to continually become more like him and love people more like him. Amen? Right? How many of you guys want to be a part of a family like that? It's like, dude, I can come in. I have refrigerator privileges. I don't have to ask for permission. I can get food, even if it has your name, on the to-go box. Oh, I stepped into some territory there. Yeah. <laughs> when we were in mission school, we would do that. We'd take one another's peanut butter, and we'd say, you just got sunned. Basically, I'm a son. I'm going to take some of that peanut butter. It was a little off, but we were having fun. But what's the other word that stands out? Growth, right? Growth. And, and you talk about church growth. Sometimes people are like, no, church growth, no. How many of you guys know anything healthy grows? Uh, Jesus said himself, if you would abide in the vine, what's going to happen? Growth is going to become a byproduct of intimacy. If you're in a covenant marriage and you have intimacy, kids are the byproduct. Growth is the byproduct, amen, right? It's just natural. That's what happens. There's growth. There's expansion. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus expects his church to grow and to become more beautiful. And that doesn't just mean in disciples. That also means as disciples. So as we've set up growth and we say, hey, we're passionate about growth. Here's what we mean. Growth in disciples. That's the great commission. And growth as disciples. That's the great commandment. These are the two things that Jesus said were great in his ministry. The great commandment and the great commission. You guys know what the great commandment is? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And so when we say grow as a disciple, we intend on you growing in that area, yes. in the great commandment. And then how many of you guys know the great commission is not the great option? The great suggestion. Right? Jesus said it. How many of you guys believe Jesus is God? So when we ignore the great commission, we have to consider who it is that we're ignoring. I'm good. Right? No. No, this is part of it. And so when we say that we intend in growing in disciples, here's what we intend on doing, obeying Jesus and growing in the great commission. And so with that being said, I have a couple goals that we feel are inspired by the Holy Spirit that our team has been praying into, uh, praying, fasting, preparing. Uh, And so here's our strategy or here's our goals as far as growing as disciples first, growing as disciples. So to grow as disciples this year, we are launching a leadership school. Great. I'm glad you guys are excited about that. So uh, when we say leadership, we, wa- we don't want you to think corporate. What we want you to think is discipleship. Because every disciple is supposed to be a discipler. But if you don't become a leader and take responsibility for anybody else, then you'll stop with just yourself. But that's not the fullness of what Jesus intended when he spilled his blood on the cross. Amen? We're called to be disciples as well as disciplers. And so we're actually going to spend the entire summer, we're going to entitle it the Summer of Leadership, and we're going to do a summer leadership school on Wednesday evenings. We're going to take a break for the 4th of July, but you're going to get eight Wednesday evenings packed full of leadership. Much of it will be practical. Some of it will be prophetic and we'll pray over you and we'll see amazing things happen in your life. If you're an entrepreneur, if you own a business, if you want to be in ministry, if you just want to do something to lead people, this school and this summer is going to be for you. So don't take a vacation. Just be here every Sunday. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just joking. Some of you guys didn't like that joke, you know. 
I t- we took a vacation last week. We went to Disney. Hey. Here's what we realized. When you go on vacation with two kids, you don't call it a vacation. It's a family trip. <laughs> Got to reframe it a little bit. Reframe it. Reframe it just a little bit. And so when it comes to growing in disciples, this is a big announcement, so I want you guys to be prepared for it. When it comes to growing in disciples, we want to let you know that we are now actively and aggressively pursuing a new worship space for Sunday mornings. That was so not that enthusiastic. And listen, I I get it. I understand why, because this place is awesome. Amen? We love this place so much. It's not that we want to leave this space. We have no intent as of this time as to getting rid of it or anything like that. We have been so blessed. I mean, some of the House of Blessing elders are here, and they have blessed us so much, and Meredith and Joanne, who are here first service. Uh, But the reason why we're actively looking for a new space, really three reasons. Number one is our kids. I don't know if you guys are aware of this or not, but our kids are bursting at the seams downstairs. If you don't have kids, you don't know that, but if you have kids, you see that because if you go down there during the service, it is very tight, and uh, we have teachers empowered, people empowered. It's going great, but we really need more space for our kids to grow. Uh, Our kids has really been full for over a year, and we have metrics and statistics to prove that every single Sunday through Planning Center. When you check your kids in, we get a number, right? And so for a year, our kids' ministry has been packed. That's one of the reasons we're adding this service. Uh, The second reason we're looking for a new space is for parking. How many of you guys have ever showed up to this service five minutes later than intended and you were like, I'm going home. I'll just live stream it. You know, seriously, this is too much. We thought about buying golf carts. So I try to like get you guys, you know, which would be cool. We'd have no problems getting volunteers for that. I mean, you give a man a key to a golf cart and a walkie-talkie, they come alive. It's like there's something. It's like, I'm here feeling purpose right now. 10-4. You know what I'm saying? It's true. It's true. Yeah, I got him. I got him. <laughs> Give him a little earpiece. They feel important, man. It's, I'm telling. I feel important. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna. I want to do it. And the other reason is just space at the table. I mean, if you if you read church statistics, when a when a church gets around eighty percent full, what they say is like, hey, you're, you're you're capped off. It's not comfortable anymore for people to actually come to church that are not committed members of the church. And I do believe God wants to grow our church. Do you guys believe that? I do believe that with all my heart. And there's no there's no ill will or ulterior motive with that. I just simply believe that God is doing something through our family that He wants other people to be a part of and partake from. Do you guys believe that? Awesome. So we want to make that announcement to you. Also, we're going to do a couple of conferences this year. And by conferences, not huge conferences, smaller conferences, we're calling them Legacy Weekends. And so they're going to be on Friday night and Saturday morning. And the first one is happening on March 22nd and 23rd. It's, we're planning on it being here in this facility. So it's got to be a ticketed event because... Well, as you see, there's no real space, and we have two other services. So um, we'll make it as cheap as we possibly can to cover all the expenses of the event, but I do want to let you know that we are announcing today we have uh, secured a speaker, uh, Pastor Josh Kelsey from C3 New York City is going to be with us. So you, I know you guys know them because you guys went to C3 for a minute. Uh, anybody else in here? I think there's a couple other. Look at that. Awesome. Two other people. Amazing. Great. I can't see you for the light, so I don't know who you are. But uh, welcome. Love y'all. Uh, so there, you also? 
Amazing. I knew I liked y'all. Um, so he's going to be with us Friday and Saturday. God's done an amazing thing through their, through their church in the last five years or so. Uh, and then we're working on worship. Don't worry. It will be awesome. Hey, Friday night's going to be a service. Saturday morning's going to be a service. Saturday afternoon is just worship. So we're just going to go nuts. How many of you guys are excited about 2019? So I want to continue this message, the year of the level up. I don't have a ton of time because we're broadcasting, you know, what we're going after this year. So I hope you guys have enjoyed just a little bit of what we're going after as a church. And you are excited for this new year. Are you excited? Are you pumped? You're a part of it. So I want to read a prayer from Ephesians chapter 3. It's a popular prayer, but I have self-titled it as the prayer of the level up. It's an apostolic prayer. How many of you guys like Paul? Some days I wish I was more like Paul. He was so confrontational. I'm not that good at that. But Paul, praying in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 21, he says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family, notice he includes everybody, ours, right, in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you, say me, Me. to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, internally. Everything that you need to level up externally has already been deposited into you internally. It's there. Everybody say, it's there. So that Christ, it's not just for external reward. It's so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. There's a family word there again. What is the breadth? What is the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled. How many of you guys like to be full? I don't like to eat to halfway. I don't know how Japanese people do that. It's true. They they have a saying in Japan. I was in Japan last year. It's called harahachubu. And it means when you get 80% full, stop eating. It's how they stay so healthy and live so long. I don't subscribe to that. <laughs> I try. I try. Okay. But Paul said to buffet your body daily. I think that we misinterpret that. He meant to buffet your body <laughs> daily. No, all the healthy people in here are like, nah, bro, that ain't it. I'm just kidding. JK, don't take me serious. But I like to eat. You know, I like to be full. I like to be full of joy. I like to be full of peace. I like to be full of love. How about you, how about you guys? I don't want to half tank. I want to be full. And that's what Paul is praying, that you would be full, that you would be filled with the fullness of God, that God in his infinite self would cram himself into you. That's the gospel. That's pretty exciting. What do you think? Now, here's the last part. Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power that is at work within me, right? You, right? In us, according to the power that is at work within us, to him be the glory 
in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So here's what Paul is praying, okay? Paul, as a father, Paul planted the church at Ephesus as a pastor, as a church planter, as a father. What he's doing is he's praying over the heart of the church, right? So he's saying, hey, I'm going to offer up a prayer. I'm an, I'm an apostle. I'm going to offer up a prayer on your behalf. But get this. He's not just praying over the heart of the church. He's praying over the desires of the heart of the church. And, here, and if, if we could translate it into modern day cultural vernacular, right? He's praying over the heart of the church and he's saying, level up. That's essentially what he's saying. He's not just praying over the heart of the church. He's not just saying, God bless you. God bless your heart. He's praying over the desires of the heart of the church. He's saying, hey, look, you're dreaming too small. Hey, look, you're thinking too small. Hey, listen, you have become enclosed by your self-confessed capacity, but actually there's so much more that's available to you, church in Ephesus. There's so much more. It's time for you to start to dream bigger. It's time for you to take the limits off. It's time for you to talk yourself out of your capacity. I'm spitting on the front row. I'm so excited about it. It's the splash zone. Sorry, guys. Yes. You, you guys, you guys, you guys hearing this though? Because this is what it, it's what it, it sounds like. Paul's like, "Hey, church, level up." Right? He said it's more than you can ask. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I could spend all day asking and not get tired. How about you? I mean, I could spend a lot of time asking. How about you? Just make a list of everything that you need from God, everything you want from God, everything that you'd prefer from God. You could spend your entire day asking right? Could you? I could, right? Eventually we'd get tired. We'd get sleepy, right? And then here's what Paul says. Hey, it's bigger than what you can ask. Even once you've asked all the things that you know to ask, it's beyond what you can ask for. It's all because it's also beyond what you can think of. So Paul says it's beyond what you can ask and verbalize. It's beyond what you can imagine or create. Whatever you can dream of, go to the end of your wildest, biggest, most amazing, awesome, powerful dream with God And then God says, I want to do more than that. I want to do more than that. I want to do more than you can ask. I want to do more than you can think. But you know what? That that apostolic prayer doesn't really fit in our boxes today, does it? Because one of the most popular things that I see on the gram is hashtag this, stay in your lane. (laughs) How many of you guys have heard somebody say, man, just stay in your lane? Stay in your lane. You know what? And I feel like people are well-meaning. And I understand sometimes they're talking about their, your focus. They're saying, hey, stay focused on, keep the main thing, the main thing. And in that sense, I don't disagree with them. But many well-meaning teachers and preachers, uh, they'll say things like this. Hey, be content with your capacity. You ever heard that before? Hey, you should just, just be content with your capacity. What, the problem I have with that is it doesn't actually mirror very well to what Paul's praying. Because it doesn't sound like Paul is praying, hey, church at Ephesus, I bless you to be content with your capacity. Am I the only person in here that sees it that way? I feel like what Paul's saying, I'm blessing your heart because it's time for you to level up. Right? It is time for you to level up. It's not time for you to just stay in your lane and be content with your capacity. It's time for you to take the limits off and believe God for increase. Believe God for a level up. Believe God for more because God has more than your perceived capacity. Now, what is your capacity, really? It's not that I disagree that we have one. We all have a capacity. Obviously, there are limitations. We're finite. We're sinful. We make mistakes. We mess up, right? We all have a capacity. The challenge is not admitting that we have a capacity. The challenge is what your capacity actually is. Do you know? Is it what you say it is? 
Is it what somebody else says it is? Or is it what God says that it is? Because so oftentimes we come into alignment with a belief system about our capacity that somebody spoke over us when we were 12. Isn't it amazing how you can listen to somebody one time, speak one word over your life, and you take it as gospel, and then you let it limit you for the rest of your days? That's why Paul's praying for you, church. Paul is saying, hey, look, take the limits off. Let those encapsulating words be broken off and start to ask for more, start to dream more because God has put more in you than you've accepted and said, that's enough. You guys believe that? Man, it's so easy to get content with your capacity though, isn't it? You know, when Allison and I first got married, uh, we did nothing for the first year except, like, I think, order takeout and watch Netflix. I mean, we also pastored a church, but we were pretty much in love. You know, so it was like, we're just locked in, you know? And after a year, we were like, we got to get in shape. <laughs> you know? It's like, we're, we're, not, we're not eating well, we're not doing well. And I, we, I, we were up in Kentucky, and my parents had the Insanity DVD. Have you ever heard of that before? Do your best, forget the rest. <laughs> P90X. How many ever started P90X and quit? Yeah. It's okay. Me too. I did. Yeah, I know. Somebody said three times. Listen, when, when we start, it's hard, man. It's hard. When we started the insanity program, which by the way, was on a whim, we were like, oh, let's, let's do insanity. You know, so we started insanity. And, uh, and so we're, we're up there. We're on the video, you know, and we do this thing called the fit test and do the fit test. And I wanted to puke. And I, I like, oh, man, I hated that dude, Sean T. I'm like, dude, you're so annoying. I can't stand you. Like, oh, dude, and I, I hate this, you know? And, um, and, and somebody told me, you know, only 7% of everybody who starts that finishes it. And that was all I needed to hear. Because, see, I have an I told you so anointing. And so, like, whenever you tell me I can't do something, oh, that just does something for me. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll prove you wrong. Anybody else in here like that? Right? And so I heard, I heard it was like 7%. I was like, oh, I'm finished this. And, get, and I want you guys to know, Allison and I, we finished it. We did every 60-day workout to the T. Isn't that cool? No, you don't, okay, you don't have to clap. You don't have to clap. We, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. No, we, we did it. And, uh, and afterwards, we felt, you know, we felt great awesome got really healthy but you know after the fit test like we 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 started we were like maybe we should read the the pamphlet this seems harder than that was hard right like we should know what we're getting ourselves into so we start reading through the pamphlet and as we read through the pamphlet then it's like there's push-ups in there and I'm like what I can't do push-ups push-up like a lot of push-ups there's like hundreds of push-ups in one workout I cannot do push-ups and then after that push-ups, it was like, there's burpees. What in the world? Burpees? Like, there's, like, dude, people are definitely, that's like hell. Like, it's just, it's a long death by burpees, right? And, and I was like, I can't do burpees. You guys know what burpee is, right? And you go down. So... I can't do burpees. What is this? Can't do burpees. And then you know what else it said? It said you have to work out for more than an hour. There were some workouts that were an hour and 15 minutes. I was like, ain't nobody got time for that. Hour and 15 minutes? This guy's got to be crazy. I can't work out for an hour and 15 minutes. I don't have that kind of time in my day. I got a lot of Netflix to watch. 
Yeah, I got it. I need me time. <laughs> I'll leave that there. I don't need to go into that. But, you know, here's the, here's the thing that's funny about that is that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't my capacity that rendered me only able to do one push-up. It was my conditioning. It was my conditioning. Because, you know what, after we started doing it a little bit, I got to the point, oh, yeah, see, I'm going to go ahead. I'm, I'm going to go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, that's push-ups. I got that. I was like, oh. Oh, what's up? So love, I got them burpees, baby. You know, working out for an hour. I was, I was speeding up after an hour. I'm like, okay, Shanti, what's up? You want some of this? Let's go. Let's go. That all you got? <laughs> Here, here's a point. So oftentimes we limit ourselves saying it's our capacity, but the truth is it's just your conditioning. It's just your conditioning. You've been conditioned to, to, to think that way. You've been conditioned to believe for that. You've been conditioned in such a way that says, this is all I can do. It's not your actual capacity. How do you know what your capacity is if you haven't nudged the end of it yet? If you haven't pushed beyond it, how do you actually know what it is? Are you just settling for something? Can I ask you a question for 2019? What have you convinced yourself of that you can't do, that the truth is you just won't do? What have you convinced yourself of that you can't do, that the truth is you just won't do? I can't serve in kids. I got kids, right? Well, can you not or you won't? This is a big difference in can't and won't. And in many ways, I think a lot of what we say we can't do is just we just won't do it. And that's okay if you choose not to do it, but don't use it as, a, as an excuse and speak that limitation over yourself so consistently that you're then confined by the, the minimum effective dose of what allows you, uh, you know, just to get by and level up and believe God and receive the prayer of the Apostle Paul that says, man, it is time to grow. It is time to go bigger. It is time to go bigger, go home. It's time to ask. It's time to dream. It's time to think because there's a city to set on fire and see saved. And we just can't accept these, these capacities these limitations I mean honestly what if what you're calling contentment is really just complacency oh I'm content I'm fine what if what, are you just being complacent actually are you just trying to lie to yourself so that it's yeah just stay in my lane there's more for you God wants to do more through you your best days are ahead. When people say the best is yet to come, I know it sounds like a Christian bumper sticker, and it is. It's good for a coffee mug. We should give one away at the welcome bar. But you know what makes it good? It's true. It's true. It's not just a motto. It's actually true. Do you guys believe that? So what I want to do today is I just want to pray. I want to pray over you guys. I want to pray over this church. I want to pray over these dreams and these things that God is speaking to us and believe that there truly is so much more for this house. We're not just going to accept what the devil lets us get by with. <laughs> we're going to listen to what God says and we're going to dream up to those limit, limits. We're going to say, oh, my boundaries have fallen in pleasant places. Like I'm going to push the capacity of what culture says that I can become, of what culture says that I can do, of what... You guys with me? Here's the thing about receiving the fire of God. It burns up everything in you that God didn't put there. And Jesus said himself, I'm not coming just to baptize you with water. I'm coming to baptize you with fire. I'm going to burn up every lying word that I didn't speak over you. I'm going to burn up every word curse that has ever been spoken over you. I'm going to burn up every capacity that I did not place there. 
And that's what we receive for this year, the year of the level up in Jesus' name.